I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, roundtable freeform discussion about lore and our favorite media. I'm your host, Joe Perez, one of several lore-focused folks from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my stupendous co-host with me today, Matt Rossi. We're here to answer your questions. Uh, so if you have questions for this or any of our other podcasts, be sure to send those in to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Uh, you can go ahead and just specify what show it's for so that we know in the subject line. That'd be great. Uh, we also have our podcast channels on the Discord server. We have the Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel, where we tend to look first for questions as a way of saying thank you to our Patreon supporters uh, for helping us keep the lights on. Uh, and then we have the one for everybody else, which is the Q and Podcast Questions channel. Again, we specify that you ask what podcast it is for. And as a matter of fact, uh, pretty much every single one of these questions we're going to be talking about today comes from Discord. So thank you very, very much, everybody. Without further ado, first question comes from Metal Zani. Uh, greetings, watchers. With all the rumblings about new land on the other side of Kalimdor, what do you personally want to see on these new lands? Is it where you finally get a Devilsar mount? Maybe I finally get to tame a Brutosaur. Or maybe just playable Tuskar and Vykruv who got lost. I just want to know what fun things you would love to find over there. And in parentheses, serious or joking. I think seriously, Matt and I have been talking about doing the, that whole expansion where we go to somewhere where we've never been before. Uh, and yes, the Dragon Isles does qualify as that. But having something that's been completely removed or completely unheard of or just not seen uh, and having something new to experience is always super fun. Uh, I mean, again, Dragonflight did that. That's where we get the Drakthir from. That's where, you know, we've got a whole new stages of, of Tuskar and, and some other uh, races that are just bandying about. As far as what I would like to see in a new land, I would like to see a land that is not touched by what happened to the rest of Azeroth. And I don't know if that makes sense, but let me see if I can and break it down a little bit. 
The majority of the lands that we go to and that we spend our time in have been ravaged by war, uh, whether it is with us or other entities. Um, it has been destroyed, rebuilt, flooded by Deathwing, uh, burned by Deathwing, destroyed by Deathwing, elementals running a riot all along the place, uh, some of it being caused by us trying to fix things and not doing such a great job. And heck, one of those lands even has a giant Titan sword jammed in the middle of it. There's a lot of things that have just been sort of like wear and tear on the places we call home. I mean, Stormwinds had to be rebuilt. Lordaeron is currently being rebuilt uh, because, you know, it's been plagified, then inhabited by the undead, then replagified so that the undead couldn't even inhabit it, and now being cleared out so that, you know, it could be inhabited again by undead-ish things. Um, the Forsaken, whatever they are now. It's I'm still they're still undead, man. Yeah, but they're not they're not quite dead. They're not quite undead. No, they're not quite they're alive. Exactly, they're the undead, man. They're, they're, you don't have to make this too complicated. Fine. You're overthinking the undead. I never thought anybody would say that to me. Uh, but I want to see what a land like that looks like. In Avaloren, the one that we've been hearing about in the books, and in, in, in like that, it seems fascinating because, one, like on our side of the world, we kind of like the Titans and the Titan Watchers and things like that. We just kind of went along with what they did. There wasn't really like a big pushback from the mortal races against them. We just kind of accepted it. But Avaloren, they told the Titan Watchers to go F off. They didn't want to deal with Odin. They didn't want to deal with Tyr or any of the other ones. They were just like, we're out. We're done. We don't want to deal with you anymore. And even though they came from that same potential origin, um, where there are these races that were created from the Titan Watchers or the Titan Born, and then for whatever reason, like I think it's originally it's described as sort of like the land of misfits where they like basically send it as a penal colony, but it evolved into so much more like there's just nothing there, like at least nothing that it, the Titans would um, consider friendly. And I want to see what that looks like. I want to see what a land looks like where, for lack of a better term, like the primalists want where the Titans have no control over what happens there. So I don't know. What do, what do you think, Matt? What, do, what would you like to see in a new land or in something like that? Well, I mean, at some point we're going to have a discussion about what you think is going on in Avaloran because what you think and what I think are not even close. Okay. But, um, but, um, I'm, I'm going to, apparently I'm going to be doing Robin Scherbowski's TV show now. Uh, anyway, wow. I've been watching a lot of stuff on TV this week. It's been an interesting week, guys. Uh, basically what I want to see is I want to see a land where, the entire place has been ravaged by war. Uh, there's at least three Titan swords driven into everything. <laughs> Just complete chaos. No, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, what I do, however, want is not dissimilar to what Joe's talking about, at least in terms of its, I guess, it's, uh, for lack of a better word, its motive. Because I, I want to see something where I don't hear about the old gods or the Titans or the Legion. Every 10 uh, seconds. I, yeah, I want to go someplace where... Imagine if you go someplace where you come upon a village and there's a bunch of trolls and humans there and they get along just fine. And they've not been ra- they've not been trying to murder each other for since they've met each other. They're mm-hmm. in fact, you know, perfectly content to be there. And then you come to like a dwarven place where it's a bunch of dwarves and they're like, you know, d- strong drink. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. No, we dedicate ourselves entirely to gardening. And you just cut to this enormous dwarf garden full of like 
you know, giant freaking pumpkins. Like what, what's with the pumpkins? We just like pumpkins. Plus it's a theme on your podcast. And, and so just, just something completely, it takes the elements that we're familiar with. It takes the Warcraftian stuff that we've been playing with since this game started roughly almost 20 years ago. Cause it's 2023 guys. It's 19 years this year. Um, and, and I'm not even talking about, you know, going back to Warcraft as a whole, like the original, you know, Warcraft orcs versus orcs and humans game, which I think is 1994. Uh, but I don't remember off the top of my head, but we've had these, all these tropes and elements that are part of fantasy in general. They've come up through D and D they've come up through other games. Warcraft has taken its spin on them. I would like to see someone take the, the now established Warcraft spin and, and fling that sucker up against the wall and bounce it in a different direction. So it's not, just you know once again the legion or once again the old gods like imagine a place where monsters showed up and they had nothing to do with either the legion or the old gods we'd be like what it's it's just a bunch of monsters from somewhere else okay i mean we, we know what to do with monsters but but yeah it's refreshing that they're not you know for for you know for one of the things we've talked about a lot on this show, and it's an interesting subject, is the is the cosmology of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. All these different planes. Imagine if you got to a place and there was a whole bunch of stuff from the arcane plane that was like a threat, and like you know the the arcane, you know the the uh, the dread desmens of the arcanists. Like, what do you mean like mages? No, no, they're actually living arcane. They're they're very bad. You'll just have to trust me. They they they're like just trying to turn everything crystal. It's just, Ooh boy. You know, it'd be like a completely different thing. It's tied into the Warcraft universe, but in a way that we haven't seen or heard before, because it's not that I, I don't like any of these elements, but I want to go to a place. Like I, I keep going back to warlords of Draenor. You remember Dra- warlords of Draenor's opening, which was a pretty good opening. I thought it was a very good whole. opening, but when you get to the room where there's freaking Gul'dan, trapped in a trap right in front of you mm-hmm. and you're supposed to free him i'm like all i could think was i have two giant axes in my hands why am i not chopping him up right now what possible motivation could i have for not killing him it's Gul'dan. we all know who that guy is and it just it broke the expansion for me. It really did. I couldn't get past the fact that my character. It would have been one thing if my character had seen Gul'dan snapped and went, oh, "It's time to kill him," and that started the whole thing because I thought that the good thing to do was to take an axe to Gul'dan, and that ended up being the wrong thing to do. But that wasn't what they did. I, I literally just freed him and watched him leave, and I've never gotten over that. I, I feel like give me an expansion where if if there's something like if I walk into a room. And I don't know if the I can't think of anybody Gul'dan level here, but if I walk into a room and somebody that bad is just floating in front of me, I don't just walk over like a moron and push a button and let him out. Uh, you know, maybe we don't do that. Maybe we have an expansion where if I meet a bad guy, I don't know he's a bad guy. Or, or maybe on. you know or, what I'm saying. Or maybe we have an expansion where like somebody actually calls us on the stupid stuff we do because they're not used to us just being the hero or the champion, and we get away with like some pretty bad decisions a lot of the times. Let's be honest. Yeah, like, but that's not one of the things. Is that's one of the problems I have is that a lot of that bad decision juice isn't our fault. It's like sure. the Gul'dan thing. We don't get a choice. It's not like 
I, I really feel like a ton of the stuff that people look at point at and go, a player, you know, the players, you know, your, your character does a lot of dumb things. A lot of that stuff is either other people doing it and us just being there and just kind of going like, uh, I guess I just let that happen then. Or it's literally like Goldon syndrome where my character just ignores the fact that it's Goldon and lets him out. I, I, f- yeah, I, I, I feel like an expansion where we didn't get treated like idiots and therefore we didn't have to act like idiots. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of times where you have to kind of make the dumb decision and, and they haven't done it. Like they don't do it every expansion. In fact, they haven't really done it in a while. Like I can't think of anything off the top of my head where I know we've, we've, we've been pretty good on that front. Yeah. So I just would like an expansion where it's the stuff. There's new stuff, not new stuff that doesn't have to be like literally, you know, you've never heard of them before, but they're called the, the, you know, the Smurfs, you know, (laughs) but that would be a hilarious expansion. Uh, But, but you know what I'm saying? I I'd want it to be a Warcraft thing, but I would love it if it was a Warcraft thing where it wasn't, you know, it's these bad guys again, doing this stuff again, and I'm forced to do the same kind of stuff again. I get you on the whole war is bad thing, by the way, Blizz, We, we got it. War is bad, and therefore people make morally bad decisions during it. But I'm, I'm, and I think you, I think they get this. I don't want to make it sound like I don't think they understand this. But I, I'm going to use this example because I think it's the most cogent to what we're talking about. Um, if you are a Horde player, I think you'll you'll understand where I'm going with this. If you play Horde, it's not cool that your decision to play Horde is often used to weaponize your, your character's faction to do dumb, awful things in the name of concepts like honor or whatever. Because a lot of times, I, th- I feel like I hope Battle for Azeroth is the last time this comes up. Because I, when I first started my Horde character, I, I leveled as a Tauren, and I loved that character. I, I still to this day of uh, his name his name's Vornathar. He even got made into a character in the in the, the original TCG, the one with actual pen, like paper cards. Uh, he even existed like he he's out there still to this day. You can find him online. Vorn, champion of Bane. I, I loved that guy, and it broke my heart when I the the pre Battle for Azeroth storyline unrolled, and I saw him like I had to stop playing because there's I I had no problem with Vorn fighting the Alliance. I had no problem with the horde, you know, being a faction that, you know, went out there and, and did its own thing. That was never my problem. My problem was, is just the sheer, like when I saw them burn Darnassus, that was just like, no, this is too far. This is just flat out war crime time. And it, it's not cool when you're, when you're the faction that has to constantly carry the water like that. You know, I used to think it meant like that, they, that, that, the uh, horde was the favored faction, but I started thinking about it from the perspective of all these horde players. I knew when I was doing cataclysm in particular, I, I was playing horde like full time cataclysm. I didn't play Alliance throughout cataclysm. I played like my horde characters um, for like most of it. And then I went back and leveled Alliance through and I might, all my friends and my, my raiding guild at the time were like, yeah, great. I got to listen to garage again. It's just wonderful. And it wasn't that they didn't like the character, but it was like, what is happening here? Why are we constantly attacking everything? Like what's that got to do with banding together and and creating this, like, you know, this organization for underdogs. That's what the horde was sold to them as in, in the original. Wow. Yeah. And I think I'm on that same train too, though. Right. Like I'm enjoying in particular, like Dragonflight because there really isn't that faction warfare. It's not present because Alex Straza essentially in her, 
you know, invitation said, leave that stuff at the door. Like, yeah, that's not welcome here, right? And I, and I enjoy yeah. the, that, like, even though that's the excuse, I'm enjoying that that's not the focus, right? Mm-hmm. Well, but I also think it's cool that they actually put in, like, examples of Horde and Alliance characters deliberately trying to not do that. Mm-hmm. And not just because Alex Straza said so, but because they've like, you know, we, we, this, we have reached the end of this. This is not useful. Uh, and I really did like that, but continue. No, I was going to say like, but then, then it leads to interesting uh, quest experiences and, and things like that, where I think it becomes more, um, more about what's happening in the moment and less about decades old conflict, because the problem with decades old conflict is it gets boring. And I'm not saying that is in like, I never want to have like, you know, the wars never should happen, whatever we, we've done it. We've, we, we want, I just want to move past it, but it's to me, the most interesting things are when you're in the moment, when you are experiencing what's happening and dealing with what's happening without any of the baggage. Now, don't get me wrong. Like Legion, I enjoyed Legion. I had fun in Legion. Legion was still 10,000 year old baggage. Um, Battle for yeah, Azure. But it was, it was 10,000 year old baggage. But it was ten thousand year old baggage that was having repercussions yes. right now. Versus sorry, not the exact same. No, I mean, I just I think we're both in, on sync here. Where it's it's one thing when that stuff comes up again, but you get to experience it yes. in a new story. Exactly. Like, I think that's when we we keep talking about Alpha Lore, and one of the things we're interested in is okay. So to go back to when I said I think we have a different viewpoint. I don't. We don't know who those people are. We have an inkling that there's a something dwarf-like group. They're descended from Earthen, same as the dwarves, but they're different. But they're over there somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing we know for sure. Otherwise, we don't know who these people are, these heretics. We don't know what heresy they've committed. We don't know if they're Titanforged or not, because he doesn't say. That's true. It, just, it could be another native race to Azeroth that already existed before the Titans got here. Yeah, or it might not be. But we don't know. But what I like is there's a statement, you know, they're going to start fighting amongst each other. That's their nature. How do you know that? Like, you don't, we don't know why this person is saying this. Is this person saying this because they believe it? Or are they saying it to get Odin to back off because they know Odin won't back off? And if he doesn't, we might lose the, the old gods who we're currently keeping prisoner. And so I got I to gotta get you focused in the right direction. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot. To yeah, it. There, there, a lot of it could have been. Uh, handling of Odin, which is a, yeah. a thing, right? But and that's what gets me thinking about what were you just saying about Legion? Like, yes, it's tens of thousands of years old baggage, but it's having a repercussion right now. I don't want to see the same Horde Alliance fighting that I've been seeing forever. But I would welcome a story that dealt with Horde Alliance conflict in a new way. Mm-hmm. That 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 was a new story, and we keep saying new like that means it can't have any of the previous elements. That's not what we're saying. No, we're saying we're saying. saying we're saying that something that does, doesn't operate in the the cyclical storytelling. Imagine what? a story like we've we've imagine a story where we we actually saw the the combining of these two groups, the 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 interplay of their relationships in a way that was still complicated and still dealt with them as individual peoples who have their own agenda. But wasn't like, imagine if a very powerful orc warlord, she decided she'd met this, this uh, human and they were going to get married. And so now this orc family had to deal with these humans and were like, you know, how can I possibly let my daughter marry a weak human? And the humans have to come in and say, look, we've been beating you in war for like two decades. We've got to have something. You know what I mean? 
Like you could totally deal with the idea of these family dynamics and the dynamics of these two peoples who have been fighting for mm-hmm. decades. And, and it's, if it's time to lay down your arms, if it's time to make peace, how does that work for, and we always talk about the orc aggression, but humans are ridiculously aggressive in Warcraft. Yep. Humans have been barbaric fighters for centuries. Humans, they, humans literally out barbarianed the orcs, not the orcs, the trolls. The elves came and enlisted humans, and the humans were more aggressive and warlike than the trolls. To the point where trolls had had, you know, big empires for centuries. Humans had never even managed to get out of hitting each other. Like so. There's a lot to this. There's a lot of stories you could tell. And going back to Avalorn, one of the reasons I want to see it is because I want to see not just something new, but something completely different built on the same franchise. Yeah. Where it's, you know, it's like Joe used to talk about a lot, the, the trolls and humans living together thing, which I always thought was a really cool idea. Imagine you go to a place and there's a bunch of really aggressive gnomes who are like, (laughs) just ridiculously warlike and fierce and they're defending a bunch of pacifist, you know, dwarves and elves who don't even want to fight, but they've got these, these gnomes who are like, if you even try and touch them, you're going to answer to me. And you're like, literally you're having to look like they have to get up on a box just to threaten your belly button. And you're like, this is going to turn out that you're all ridiculously good at war, right? This is how this trope works, isn't it? You're going to just blow everything up or something. How is uh, like you, just the fact that you're like threatening me like this makes me feel incredibly uneasy because it's a ridiculous thing to do. So you're, you're like super good at fighting, aren't you? Like just stuff like that. There's so much room for so many things we've never seen. Yeah. And it's, like, the, it's the idea of playing on like what the races are known for and playing off of like, not, not necessarily just saying the opposite of, but getting a chance to reinterpret or re uh, explore the dynamics that we've just kind of, taken as this is what they are for the last well you know 19 years right the reason these are tropes and they're not bad tropes but i I mean you were talking about dinosaurs and stuff we have seen lost lands full of dinosaurs and stuff in in wow already does that mean i never want another one oh god no i want hundreds more of them but if you do it it should be done in a way that is a new take on it one of the things i absolutely loved the idea of was Imagine going to a lost world of like, you know, various prehistoric creatures and they're all creatures from before. Like, cause a lot of stuff seems to be, this is a Titan experiment. This is the Titans Petri dish. What if you had a preserve that was literally all the stuff that was alive on Azeroth before the elemental Lords started going nuts? Yeah. What if, what if it was the conservation thing? Because if, if I'm thinking about it, like with A&R and things like that, that's something I could see them trying to do. Like, we're modifying all this, but this is this part already existed before we got here. This is part of Azeroth. This is part of what was born from that, you know, whatever flesh shell. Again, we've we can that's a whole other topic for another story. Um, but like, you know, we can't just erase all that. We should keep it for, you know, keep something safe for historical record. Uh, or even just because, you know, at their heart, it's it, one of the things we're seeing a lot lately is that, you know, the Titan keepers are up to some shady stuff. Mm-hmm. And it would be nice. You see, yes, they are up to some shady stuff. Some of the stuff they do doesn't jibe with our approach to things or the way we want the universe to work, but they do still actually want to preserve things. Yes. And one of the things they want to preserve is the stuff before the, because if, if you go back to before the elemental Lords showed up, 
then you're literally going back to an Azeroth that had not been interfered with yet. And also think about that too, right? Like, is this a land that is untouched by the elemental lords? Is this a land that is untouched by uh, the, old, the gods? old gods being hurled to the, the, the Azeroth and landing on the, the uh, Pangea-style continent? Uh, that may not have been the only continent. That's just all we've known. Like you could play with a lot of that idea too, because how much of the world that we exist in was shaped because of that. I mm-hmm. mean, the sundering of of the uh, the the great continent would not have happened without the old gods or the titans or any of that stuff. So yeah. that's that's the other thing I'm really interested in looking at too is. You know, is this a land that the old gods didn't touch? Is this a land that the elementals maybe knew about, but didn't have any reason to go there or touch it because they were focusing elsewhere? Is that why yeah. uh, Therizane and uh, Neptalon didn't really care about the fighting? Because they're like, there's more land over there. We've been there. Uh, but I guess we're going to be over here now because we don't have a choice. And there's, there's like a lot of possibilities for like primeval Azeroth before the coming of everybody, mm-hmm. before the, the elemental Lords, before the old gods, before the Titans. And it doesn't necessarily even have to be a preserve, although I think that would be great if it was. And maybe that's what these people who like are considered heretics by Odin are. Maybe they're the ones who said, no, this world is a Titan too. And whatever's, whatever was here before us has the right to be here. It's their world. It's, it's, you know, you're short-sighted because you're looking at this from the perspective of the Titans that made you, but you live on a Titan and you need to start thinking about what it wants. And that was the big break because Odin's the prime designate, but he's a de- prime designate appointed by Amon Thul, not by Azeroth. Mm-hmm. And maybe that these Titan forged went, I don't want to say the word going native because that's, you know, pretty freaking racist nowadays. Uh, but they've, they've gone and said, no, we're on a Titan. It's wishes are important. Like this world's dreams and hopes and fears are important. This it's a living being that that's coming into itself. And we've disrupted that. We had reason we had to do that, but we have to respect it. And that would still be, that's totally in keeping with everything we've seen. It doesn't retcon anything, mm-hmm. you know, but it creates this new group. And this new group is completely focused on what's good for Azeroth, what Azeroth wants and needs. Like maybe they're the ones who came up with the original idea of the earth mother that the, the Torin later went with. Maybe they're the ones who gave that maybe before they broke away, they were the ones that first tried to explain to the Mogu. Okay. Cause keep in mind the Mogu, were a Titan forged race that, that followed the keepers, right? Yeah. Before they betrayed them. And imagine if like Raden, you know, Raden and our master Ra, he was at least as powerful as Odin and was, you know, he was the one going around in the South while Odin was basically just sitting up North doing nothing. Raden was the one going around the South, creating the network that was necessary to sustain Azeroth. That whole, area that fed back into the well of eternity to try and heal the wound created by Amenthal. Master Ra was the one doing it. And then suddenly he got captured and had his heart ripped out. And what if there were other followers of, of him? What if they're the ones who went off because they were like, okay, look, we have tried dealing with the, uh, the keepers, the way that they seem to understand things and it's wrong. And look what happened. Their their people like rebelled and and tore the heart out of Master Ra, 
and now you know we're done we're not going to do this anymore we're going to listen to the world and that's the big divergence yeah and i mean think about it too because it, get, it starts giving things like magni becomes prominent again potentially right because that's yeah. what that's what magni's trying to do and what happens if magni goes to that land and all of yeah, a sudden meets up with these people and they're meets like, up with these people you know, oh my god like oh, oh azeroth azeroth is speaking to us through the like we knew that it was alive but like we never thought about this or imagine he shows up and there's somebody they're going ah oh, yes another speaker and they bring him to the you know they've got a speaker of their own and he's like mm-hmm. thank god they they finally appointed another one you know and the, the just there's so many different ways you can run with it and yet it's you don't you're not abandoning the older stories it's, but you are doing something new with it. It's the idea of taking what you already know and as established and looking at it through a different lens. Mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. that is what's the most exciting and why like people like Matt Dra- and I keep going on about it, right? Yeah. Well, Dragonflight's been doing this. It absolutely like, the has. Whole, the whole bit we saw with Tyr, everything we now know about, um, Ab- I can't, always want to call it Aberrance, not Aberus. Aberus. Uh, yeah, Avarice. The whole thing with Avarice is that you're finding out something new that, that Naltharian was doing. It doesn't change anything we know he did. It just expands it. It just says, and this is part of, this is how he got there. This is the stuff he was doing to, to get him to the place he ends up. Um, yeah, so I that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about. I, I do want to see Avaloran, and uh, I, I can't remember the new place, Kaz something. Uh, I can never remember it, and I feel like a jerk because it's it's really important. Uh, the new place with the new dwarves that aren't dwarves. But I, I want to see that kind of stuff. But And I want to see like Lost Lands and all that. But what I really want to do is stories that move forward. Not just in terms of like new yeah. lore and stuff. But, but like uh, just new new characters getting to do stuff that ta- takes it's, the story forward. This is one of the biggest complaints that I think whenever Matt and I talk about storytelling, especially with like fantasy storytelling, that I think we generally agree on is that Stories that do, don't move forward feel, at least to, uh, me, and I'm, I don't want to speak for Matt, but to me, they feel bad. And it's not and it's not just because I want something new or anything like that, but it's like when you're reading a, a book and it's rooted in like, oh, this tradition from 10,000 years ago and we're going to keep doing the same thing. It's like, then what's the point? Uh, whereas like I'm reading right now, I'm going through the new, the first book of the new trilogy from Brent weeks with the dark angel trilogy. Uh, now it's the nemesis trilogy. And that's the whole point of the book is everything got shooken up at the end of the first trilogy. And now it's, how do you move forward? How does the world work now? And you don't shake off everything that happened before you acknowledge it. You understand that it is a part of why you're doing what you do, but it's now being forced in this case, like the main character is being forced to look at the world through a different angle and understand through different eyes, what everything means. And that's way more intriguing to me. And so like something that forces our character perspective to shift is way more interesting to me. Because it doesn't have to erase everything that came before it. It's adding to it. It's moving the story forward. And that yeah. feels really good. It really does depend on how, how you're talking about it, too. One of the reasons that I feel like World of Warcraft is in a place where it really it needs to do this is that we have gotten to the point where this is a very opportune moment for it. Yes. The, the end of Shadowlands is essentially the end to a kind of a worldview that has existed since the original Warcraft, where you finally just say, you know, 
this this way of life isn't sustainable and it makes sense that it keep people keep trying to make it sustainable oh yeah because it it's like there's a certain fascination with okay what made this what it is what's what is the strength of this story what is the root of this story but if you look at like a lot of people would point to warcraft 3 being the best and, and most popular rts ever made um not everybody but a lot of people a, more people would certainly argue that it is the most genre defining i want to say the most important genre defining is not a bad one though uh the most important of the warcraft games in terms of what it does to the warcraft setting uh it expands it out greatly it introduces a whole new continent keep in mind that before warcraft 3 the word kalimdor never came out of anybody's mouth correct and today it's one of the most important concepts in warcraft but before warcraft 3 no one had ever heard of that place Mm -hmm. um so I want them to do that again in that they take the stuff that they already have and then they put a new place in play and expand on everything. Like, and I don't want it to be that Avaloran was the original supercontinent that Kalimdor broke off of, but it could be that Avaloran and other places like it were not ever part of Kalimdor. They were always like, maybe they were off on their own and that insulated them from some of the stuff that happened, but it also meant that some of the stuff that happened happened and they had no way to confront it or stop it. They just had to, f- to do a holding action and they were trying to figure out what was going on. And by the time they did, it was over. Like imagine that you're like the, the people of this place. And suddenly one day you just get attacked by demons, continuous waves of demons always. And you're just fighting them off, fighting them off. And by the time you're like, okay, where is this coming from? How is this? There's this enormous title shift, this enormous wave comes and you basically have to do everything in your power just to survive Mm -hmm. and you find out the continent to the north that we came south from is gone and they're like we mean it's gone and they go and they look and they just see the the giant whirlpool and they don't like scan the entire area and find every piece of land that used to be part of Kalimdor. they just assume that whole place is dead the place they came from because you know like we were talking about the whole avalorn thing the the heretics come from you know what is essentially Kalimdor. They come from the the Titan Forge there, so they're like, you know, that means they're all dead. They're all gone. They, there's nothing up there now, and so they've been they've been going together, going doing their stuff for the past ten thousand years or however long it's been, and they're like, one day we show up, and they're like, what? Where are you there come are, from? There are people up there, you know, and th- you could imagine that story. Where, you know, these people have, have had their own stuff going on for countless millennia now, like at least 10,000 years, 10 millennia, they have been doing their own thing. They've evolved in completely different ways. You know, they, you know, maybe there's some elves there and those elves are completely unlike any elves you've ever seen. Like they're, they don't do any of the stuff the other elves do, but they're still elves, you know, like there's. There is a lot of room. Well, I mean, I but that, that, that but also begs the question too, right? Because are there elves? Because yeah, maybe not. Maybe because, there are. Maybe they're not. Yeah, because I mean, the whole evolution or the origin of elves that we know of, uh, or, which not necessarily has to be the only way that elves existed, was that uh, trolls evolved into them. The dark trolls evolved into the night elves by yeah. proximity yeah. of being close to an open wound of a titan. Yeah. Well, for all we know, therefore. You got a bunch of trolls who got on a boat and went to this new land, and oops, there's a giant Azerite pillar there, because we know that Azerite just comes out of the whole planet whenever it's hurt. So 
there's a or giant imagine, asteroid pillar and controls got exposed to it and boom now we have different kinds of elves or we go back to this was an old question maybe asked like eight episodes ago and i can't remember the name i apologize um but you asked about half races like mixed races of like in wow and why we don't see any when we know that it can happen because we've seen it happen with elves and humans etc cetera, etc cetera. what if this is that in between where it's not necessarily half races, but an evolutionary split that is different than what happened on the mainland. And I'm air quoting mainland because of the proximity to those various forces. What if proximity to other forces or other phenomena shifted things so that you don't have trolls or elves anymore, but you have something that's in between you have thinner, lighter, uh, you know, trolls that have the features of elves and maybe four fingers instead of three or whatever the case is uh that might be toes i forgot um i think it's toes yeah but they you know they they have you know slightly more humanoid feet they can actually wear shoes go figure but or maybe you have dwarves that are you know maybe a little bit taller or maybe uh, you know, intermixed with some of the the, the vicral offing, so you don't really have like humans or dwarves. You have something in between. I was going to point out something else that interests me. Go for that it. You could possibly work with this. This is this is blue skying, and I think I've mentioned it before. But when Draenor turned into Outland, Nurzul was trying to keep. He kept opening portals to try and get mm-hmm. the orcs out. What if he opened a portal and a bunch of orcs did run through it? And they ended up on one of those other continents and they've been living there ever since. And there's they, our like, pumpkin you know, farmers. They're close enough to uh, one of these other groups, like, you know, so that maybe they hook, maybe they met up with a bunch of Rykul and the Rykul are like, you know, well, I like your, we like the cut of your jib. So they ended up as part of Ry- these Rykul clans. So are these like these, these giant like Rykul orc communities and they have, you know, half orc, half Rykul children who've kind of just, it's, they just look like Vrykul, but with like, you know, big tusks. Yeah. And you don't, you know, and for that matter, like the, the ogres could have got their own way out because we, we keep thinking of that. The ogres are just the ogres we've seen from the Warcraft games, the original three RTS, but we now know there was also a magically sophisticated orc em, orgre empire, the, the, you know, the, the, or, the Dorian empire, like Dorian, right? Is it Dorian? I can't I th- remember the name. I think that's right. But there's that big ogre empire. What if they managed to port some people over? Gorian. Gorian, yes. Yes. Dorian. So there's this Gorian empire. What if some of them showed up and now they're fighting with the Vrykul and they have this whole like, you know, total rivalry thing happening, but it's not like they hate each other because they've got like some deep-seated entity. They're both fighting over land. Yeah. So you have like the, yeah. this, this like magically attuned society of the ogres battling against the Vikru, which are warriors and shaman, like that writes itself. You have warriors and arcane yeah. wielders versus warriors and spiritual wielders. Like and and plus you cool. can make it so for once the the ogres who you always consider like you know this savage race are the civilized one. They have this like weird empire with like this this sort of almost Roman oversheen versus I was just these thinking the same thing Vikru. yeah like I was thinking the same thing. Like you have them coming in and they're like, we just want to build aqueducts. We need to be able to like, we need to be able to get water from here to where the farmland is so that we can sustain our people. And they're, and they keep killing our scaffolding and and taking our, our livestock. Like what are they doing? 
Like we're not bothering them, or like we you could play with it. You could you could have yeah. That's we, the we joy offered of them. It. Pe- yeah, we offered them peace. We said, look, we understand this is a different world, and and we're new to it. Just let us tap the water, and they're all like, you know, no, the spirit of the water tells me no. Like, I mean, it's water. I just drink it. I don't talk to it. And then they sent these real, like, tiny ones in that had, like, these really sharp sticks and, like, these mechs that, like, they started throwing things at us. I don't understand what that's all about. And then all of a sudden, you hear the battle cry, and over the ridge comes, like, an army of, like, battle-clad gnomes and, like, steam armor. Yeah, you could totally have the gnomes and the and the orcs immediately get along because they're both the smartest and smallest of their various peoples. Yep. So yeah, you have that. I keep bringing that up, but I'm telling you, man, orcs, the gnomes orcs, of Draenor. Orcs are the gnomes of Draenor. Yeah, so you could totally have like all these different things, but it's still the stuff that makes Warcraft fun. It's just in different concentrations. It's like you mess around with like you know the formula to some degree, and I know I wanted. I think. Joe has wanted playable Tuskar for about as long as I've wanted playable Vrykul. Northrend. Yeah. I, I think we both wanted that from the moment that that's, that stuff started up. But one of the things that I, I get that World of Warcraft doesn't want to just have new, constantly new playable races. I understand this, but it's wrong. And it's time to abandon it. It's time to just throw as many playable races at us to see what, what people want to play. And I think this kind of thing could be a really good time because... Imagine the Alliance would show up in this place and instead of like trying to take it over or, tr- you know, immediately throwing their weight around because there are big, powerful nations here that have their own stuff going on. They just want to establish like, who do we, who can we trade with? Who can we get along with? We don't want colonies here. This isn't a colonization expansion. We're not going to just take over and build our settlements. We, we want to integrate with what you've got. And that would be like, you know, you get members of these races, not, not necessarily joining the Alliance of the Horde, but traveling to the, to the old continent. They want to see it. Well, think about they want to see what's happened. You know, they, from the, as far as they were concerned, there was nothing up there. Now, suddenly you've told us there are multiple nations up there. We'd love to go explore that. And, and think about it this way, too, right? Like, we have the Kul'Tirans now and the, the Zoldazar, or the, the Zandalari. Zandalar, yeah. Um, that are, are part of this again, and they have been known to have, you know, powerful navies, both of them at this point. Uh, so instead of having them, like, be agents of war, they start securing trade routes. They start making sure that these far off lands can start trading in peace, or at least with some form of semblance of like peace of mind with our countries or our, our peoples. Yeah. And, and, so if, now, and if those people get aggressive, the they, Zandalari and the Colterans are of course going to be looking at defense. Of course. So in a way, contacting this new land could be an example of the next step in this whole Alliance horde thing where, you know, at some point we're supposed to go up the space together with a really old Anduin and like, you know, fight something together. If they, you view that as a possible future, one of the ways you could show it happening is to show how they deal with societies as powerful as their own. Exactly. Like if the Alliance and Horde can't, they don't just go to a new land and every, it's like when we went to uh, Pandaria, there was no nation in Pandaria that could actually stop us. There was no national organization there. No, because everything had been scattered or everything had been in little villages. It was very, mm-hmm. very decentralized. There was no emperor anymore. There was no Mogu really in charge of anything anymore. Uh, like everything was was just kind of on its own. So there was nothing to stand against us. Even the Shadow Pan, the Shadow Pan, as powerful as they were. Like, they were scattered and disorganized. They were, they were living in monasteries. Yeah. So, I mean, like... So, 
Yeah, I think we're on the same page here. Is that it would be interesting to see what does the what do the alliance and the horde do when they can't just overthrow everything or just set up shop? You go to a land like we've seen it in the Dragon Isles. The alliance and horde, when they go to the Dragon Isles, you don't go there as a member of the alliance of the horde. You go there as yourself, and there's a government. There's a nation to this. I mean, it's it's a dragon empire, but you don't go they, you don't go and just start like you know building towns. Well, and, and think about it this way too. Like you can start doing some really cool stuff. Like I want to I want to I'm sorry. This is probably gonna be the whole episode. I know you at home. You're probably loving every second of this, and I'm loving it right now too. But think about that that dynamic. You're talking about the most powerful thing. I, I like. It, I think it'd be really cool to have somebody like I don't know one of the uh, Kieran Tor show up, one of the most powerful like magic organizations, or maybe someone from the Silver Covenant or something like that, and like try to do something where like, well, I'll just do this, and somebody goes, no, we don't do that here, and just shut them down without batting an eye or breaking a sweat, and yeah. watching the panic across their face, or like them trying to come to this realization that wait a minute, what? I can literally move a magical city. I can, you know, call upon the light or, you know, do all this wonderful powers. And you just said no. And it just didn't happen. What, what is going on here? And so I like, look, we've, we've actually had a civilization for 10,000 years while we thought you all blew yourselves up. We have rules and we have set those rules into the world around us. You don't just come in here and start opening portals. We've made sure you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, and it's not it's not like we don't it's not like the concept of portal opening is a surprise to us. We know they exist, but we deliberately set up a system or, to prevent them from just happening. Yeah, going back to going back to the whole Gul'dan thing or going back to the Nerazul thing. At one point in time, one one showed up here and it, it killed an entire town because it just sucked yeah. all the life force out of it. So we had to deal with it. So we figured out how to deal with it and we shut it down so that it just yeah. it could never happen again. Like, we, we, we haven't been sitting around here doing nothing while you guys rebuilt. We've actually been doing our own stuff, thank you. And it's that's one of the things I would love to see, is you go to a new place, and, and that's it why has own. its own rules and its own powers. And, and that's why none just, of the expedition forces that were sent by Odin ever came back, because they got there and their tricks didn't work, and then they were just offered a place to stay. Because it's like, yeah, you, I mean, we, you could fight us. The little ones are going to take your ankles off, and that's going to be real bad for you. And uh, yeah, your light magic and, and stuff like that, your, those little Titan devices ain't going to work. But you can go, you know, grab a grab a hoe and, 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 you know, go tend the field. Or, you know, maybe when they got there. You know, the, 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 one of the things about that whole stuff is when they, they're doing the whole thing about it. One of the things I love is the basic, all we found is some wreckage. Maybe they got there. Like one of them got there and fought the next one that got there. Didn't fight mm-hmm. and were and didn't even like, it wasn't even a question of none of your stuff is going to work. It's just like, what is the point of fighting for what Odin wants? And they actually talked them out of it. And then the next group showed up and the second group was there going, guys, we know exactly what you're thinking because we were thinking it too, but there is no purpose to bringing these people back. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing something useful here. Maybe we don't agree with it, but at best, you will be killing a bunch of people who have the best interests of this world at heart. Do you want to do that? And that's how you ended up with like these people started their own civilization. Maybe along the way, like the other thing too is that this is a pretty long trip, right? Yep. Like it's this, you're going to the other side of the planet. Maybe along the way, the curse of flesh started in on them. Mm. So by the time you get there, 
you're already starting to like not be made out of copper anymore. And the people there are a little further along. And they say, look, you're afraid of what's happening to you, but you don't have to be. This is part of this world. It isn't some curse. It's just what we are meant to do. Because when you go to Uldaman, of all places, way back in, in the original game, way back in original World of Warcraft, 2004 to 2006, when you go to Uldaman, that's exactly what they tell you. And they tell you that in Uldaman, the place where Loken didn't have any control. The Dis of Norganon that were not the ones Loken had edited tell you mm-hmm. that the, the beings created by the Titans on this world eventually acclimate to the world and aren't made out of rock and metal anymore. Mm-hmm. So they're like, Oh, Oh, but we don't, we don't like Odin never told us that. And Odin didn't ever tell them that Odin never told anybody that Odin kept a lot of secrets. Well, yeah. I mean, and that, think about how intoxicating that would be too to like show up and have where like nobody's just, keeping secrets nobody's hiding like everything close to the chest uh they're just talk about this stuff openly yeah and that matter they're like you know we have a purpose here on this world as part of it not the the biggest problem that the uh, titans the titan forged had that that tier recognized but that odin refused to recognize was that they weren't because they weren't part of it mm-hmm and the reason they weren't part of it was because they weren't letting themselves be part of it. I really feel like the looking at the Mogu response, the Mogu response is exactly the wrong response. And the, the reason I know that is because it's the first thing Deathwing does when he tries to subvert the Tolvir is he tries to do what the Mogu did and turn them back into stone. Why does he do that? Why does he turn the Tolvir to, fl- to stone? Is it just because stone is stronger and better they're able to fight? No. Stone beings are easier to manipulate. Look at what we're seeing in Dragonflight with all this stuff that's going on with, with Tyr and the recreation of his form and the original reason that Galakrond went bad. And we know we're going to see more about Galakrond uh, coming up in another patch because uh, we know the Mega Dungeon's coming and, and Galakrond gets mentioned at least if he doesn't actually appear in it. There's all this stuff and over and over again we see that the, the way forward is to evolve not to stagnate, not to go back. And I, I feel like I'm taking the, the, the thing we're talking about in terms of what we want to see in the narrative, and I'm kind of trying to make it the narrative. But at the same time, that's what you're talking about when you talk about people breaking away from Odin's world set. Odin wants everyone to just keep doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you see that with his reaction to the dragon flights. He doesn't want the dragons to change into this new thing. He doesn't want the dragons to use the Titans power in a way that he doesn't think is the right way to do it. And he doesn't want to listen to Tyr, who is the one saying we have to integrate with this world. We have to be part of this world to defend it. If we can't, if we're not part of it, we don't have any stakes. And if we don't have any stakes, we won't react in time. That's the problem. That's been the biggest flaw in our interactions with this world and that's what i think would be great to see in avalorin is a society built upon people who realize we whether or not we come from here originally this is where we are now we are part of this whether and that's why i think it would be great to have orcs show up and ogres show up and have them just be part of the world like the people of avalorin will certainly fight them over things but they accept immediately that yes you're here you're part of this world now you know living things are alive and whether or not you're originally from Azeroth is meaningless. You know, you're here. 
And what am I supposed to do? Wipe you out? That's, that's, you know, I'm not going to commit genocide on you. And that could be like a whole part of the Avalon story is this acceptance of the, the, the diaspora communities there that are there because they're all diaspora community. The whole place is built upon people who came from somewhere else. You know, I just, I really do feel like there's a lot of cool Warcraft stories you could do with this. Yeah. And I, and I think that's really what makes it so intriguing because like it, it's the, what if the, what if the, like the war between the, the races never happened? What if we weren't pitted against each other for so long, how that would have shaken up? Cause and man, I've talked about this before. Like the orcs and humans is really one of the, the best examples of it. Orcs are really good at doing a lot of things that the humans are not. And the humans, conversely, are good at a lot of things that the orcs are not. If they had not gone to war immediately, had the Horde 1.0 not shown up and just tried to take everything, and they would have sent diplomats to say, our planet's dying, we got a bunch of stuff we can do, um, We here's what we can offer, can we you know, live in your backyard for a while? You know, what would have happened if there was collaboration instead of antagonistic relationships between the two? Yeah, what if the humans could have done with the orcs what they did with the night elves? Yep. I mean, the night elves are just as aggressive and just as good at some things that humans are not and vice versa. But because they'd had enough time to build up a relationship, they managed to do something different. They didn't fight like the, the night elves didn't invade Stormwind and the humans didn't attack them. Whereas and there's. The thing about this is we keep like people talk about orcs like they're mindless and, and maybe they are in other settings. We could, we've, we've done a big talk about orcs before orcs and Warcraft are people. They're, they're a people, but they're also individually people. You can get someone like Gul'dan who is just about the worst guy ever, but then you can also get a thrall who is self-sacrificing to the point where he doesn't even know who he is anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he has spent so much of his life not being around his own people. But then when he got into a position of authority amongst his people, he began giving of himself before he even knew who he was. And that's like the tragedy of that character. And that's why I, I hate it when people don't really deal with Thrall as the complex character he is. And He's that's a, why he I, is a lot more complex than people give him credit yeah, for. That's why I was so sad they killed off Garage. Because... I thought like Garrosh and Thrall had this astonishing, sometimes antagonistic, sometimes outright enemies relationship that would have been so good to can, work on in the future. Can can I just go ahead and, and take a side trip here and talk about how disappointed I am in Shadowlands and the fact that we did not get to have that uncomfortable conversation between Garrosh and Thrall? You can talk about anything you want, man. It's your show. <laughs> it's my show, too. But, you know, hey. I wish we would have gotten that. Ugh. No, you're totally right. Um, and this goes back into, there are always going to be missed opportunities. Nobody is ever perfect in storytelling. No. This doesn't make them a bad storyteller. It's one of the no, things I all. hate most. I hate this relation, this reaction people have. Oh, this is garbage. This is awful. If you don't like something, you're not wrong to dislike it. That doesn't mean it's bad. Things are sometimes just not what you would do or what you wanted oh, yeah. to see. That and And when we're criticizing, we are absolutely never coming from that position of, Oh, this is just garbage. But I do feel like it's a, it was a missed opportunity. And the problem is, is that they're trying to make a game where you have to put out content almost constantly. We've watched the constant, the content flow of this expansion has been nothing short of staggering where they're putting out story every two months. That is a blistering pace for world of Warcraft. It is almost never been this fast. The only time it was even close to this fast was in, when uh, 
Mr. Pandaria. And then they had a year of nothing. But but this is the only time they even came close to this pace. This pace is blistering. Mm-hmm. And so stuff is not going to necessarily come the way you want it or the way you expect it to. And that's why he's talking about stuff like Avalorn is so great for us because we have zero idea what it actually is. We, we have no idea what they're going to do with it. And that means you can start going, oh, wow, wouldn't it be cool if? And that's what one of my primary pleasures in doing the show is to sit back and listen to Joe say stuff and then react to it. Like one of the things that I've really loved about this conversation was when Joe started off this whole thing that led us to where we are now, we're like, I think we're almost an hour in and we haven't even gotten to another question um, was this idea of what if this place is completely different? Mm-hmm. Like what if the thing I, he was just like, you know, the guy from the Kieran tour shows up and is like, and then nothing happens for all Fisman there. And it's like, what, what happened? There's so many possibilities for that. And it could be something as simple as, yeah, a few decades ago, these these giant Gorian things showed up and started wreaking havoc. So we we set up a thing where they couldn't just come pour, popping in like that again. And it's like, it fits into Warcraft lore. Because, you know, Nurzel's over there opening portals and, and Draenor's ripping itself into pieces. Where did everybody go? Imagine if off the shore of Avalorn is a big island and, and that island used to be Netherstorm or, you know, what's now Netherstorm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like it's part of the original uh, Frostfire mountain range is now just an island floating off the coast with a bunch of Gorian ogres in, in, on it. And the the orcs and, are, you know, there's just a lot of possibilities for this. And it fits even more, too, when you start talking about, like, the portal thing, because what did what did uh, Illidan do in the book Illidan? What did he go and find? Yeah, the portal network for the for the Legion, and he sabotaged it on purpose because he knows how dangerous those things are. But he knew and it the, existed, and he talked about how yeah. complex and vast the network was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you could absolutely have a society... Uh, in Avalorn, who are like, look, unrestrained portal use is a problem, guys. If people can just teleport an army in behind you, that's bad. You know, we, we need to be able to deal with this. So, yeah, there, there's a, and, and it would necessitate if you were going to have Dalaran in this expansion, Dalaran would have to move again. Yeah. And that's, that answers a question I think someone asked last month or like you can just last might week. Have been last like, week. What do you want Dalaran to do? Dalaran can come here. Boom. Dalaran flies over. Um, and imagine if Dalaran gets there and there's another bigger flying city there that they already had. Or Dalaran <laughs> gets there. Dalaran gets there and the magic that's propelling it stops. And it falls into the water. And it just becomes an island. Yeah, uh, we're just floating. We're floating in the water again. Okay, well. Uh, I guess we got to get everybody up from the basement because there's, fl- there's like open pipes. They're just letting the water in. So, yeah, they have to move everybody back up. And that's why when you get to, to Dalaran in the new place, it's actually bigger because they had to build up around it just so all those people from the basement had to come up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you could do so many things with this. My God, we're going to go. What time is it? We're, we're at yeah. time. <laughs> <sighs> we didn't even get to a second question. No, we didn't. I love it. <laughs> But I mean, that's the thing. Like, this is just so ripe with possibility. Like, there's so much that you can do. There's so much that you could, uh, you know, experiment with and explore with and make something new and fresh. Like, w- one of the questions we get asked, I don't, uh, sometimes on the other podcasts, but just in general when I'm talking with people is, how do you keep Warcraft fresh for new audiences? Because let's be honest, there's not very M- very many MMOs that have existed for as long as Warcraft has. And Warcraft has gone through a bunch of changes, both interface and story and technology. Uh, like, everything has evolved over time. And so for me, 
like then my answer is always you keep evolving you keep finding something that you haven't done or something that kicks everything you know on its side or on its head so that you can go ahead and have a fresh experience we talked about this way back when when cataclysm dropped and all the new starting zones existed because everything changed and all these lands shifted and things got moved around and and it wasn't quite the game that you were used to. And it felt good because at least at the time, maybe not for everybody, but generally it was something new. It was something. It it created excitement. It created excitement in one way or another. And then going to other lands, like we, we talk about this all the time, going to, you know, the, the cult Isles and going to the broken shore and going to, uh, Argus and going to now the Dragon Isles, those always feel like good expansions or at least create excitement because it's stuff we're not used to. And like Dragonflight's a really good example. There's a lot of things that are familiar. We're used to dealing with, you know, lava based things. We've been dealing with that with, with, uh, over on Kalimdor and, or I'm sorry, the Eastern Kingdoms for forever, you know, almost 19 years at this point. Um, you know, we're used to some of that architecture. We're used to, dealing with things that are wildly uh, like overgrown and, and tapped into the nature realm. There's a lot of familiarity there, but it's done in a way that we hadn't maybe experienced before or seen before. And it adds a new feel to it, which makes it exciting, which breeds new life into it. So I'm all about that as the game matures and moves forward, things like that, that can continue, continue to breathe new life into what is already established that's how it stays relevant. And that's why there's so much possibility here and why Matt and I glom onto it as, as much as we do. Also, I'm going to point this out. I think in some ways Shadowlands didn't quite live up to the potential that it had, Mm -hmm. but I think in the years to come, we're going to look back on it as an expansion that gave us a lot of things that have, that will become pretty important to Warcraft as a story. Yeah. I was going to say Shadowlands is, is turning into it. And I think we, we talked about this before, there are seed expansions that mm-hmm. have their own story, but the payoff from them takes years of long-term storytelling for it to pay off. We saw it with Cataclysm. We saw it with Wrath of the Lich King. Uh, we even saw it with Pandaria to a certain extent. And that's one of them. That's one that I think, despite people not really liking it in the moment, I think you're going to look back on. And I think they're going to start to see some of these chains, some of these these blossoms from those seeds that were planted a long time ago. Once we get to the point where Shadowlands, it was a long time ago. But I think that's it. Unless there's anything else you want to add, Matt. I mean, always, but you know, we, we do have other things we have to do with our yeah, lives. Yeah, that that whole <laughs> eating and, and doing other things, sleeping, interacting with our loved ones, you know, yeah, that, that sort of stuff. Uh, but folks, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at Patreon.com/slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means that this podcast signing community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Again, if you have any questions for this or any of our other podcasts, send those into podcast at blizzardwatch.com or hit us up on our Discord channels. We have one set aside for the Patreon supporters. It's a way of saying thank you for supporting us and keeping the lights on. That's our Patreon queue and podcast questions channel. And if you can't support us on Patreon, we understand. Uh, You can hit us up on our Q and podcast questions channel. Specify what show it's for. And in any capacity, if you want to support this show, again, I ask that you leave a review, share us with your friends, 
uh, help get our content out there because the more people that listen to us, the longer we get to stick around. I like sticking around. With that, folks, we'll see you next week. More pumpkins, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.